40 days in the Word. Here's our keynote verse that I hope you've been memorizing. It's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Could we all read it out loud together? I said, could we all read it out loud together? Let's do it. Here we go. All Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Everybody say all Scripture. Not just some of the Scripture, not just a part of the Scripture. It's all given by inspiration from God. Thank you, Jeremy. And it has great profit to us. And look at the profit to teach us doctrine for reproof. Uh, tell your neighbor there's some things in your life needs to change. Tell somebody there's some things in your life. Come on, tell somebody there's some things in your life needs to change. And the Word of God can correct us and instruct us in righteousness that the man of God, or I'll say the woman of God, might be thoroughly equipped whoo, for every good work. Amen. And so that's where we've been, that's where we're going, that's what we're doing, that's what we're talking about. And how many of you know when you spend some designated, some really designated time developing a discipline in something, it will change your life. And that's what the Word of God will do. That's why 40 days in the Word. How many of you know consistency, uh, it, has, it goes a long way towards developing a great habit? You know, we all have good habits, bad habits, uh, and so we need to develop the good habit of getting a grip and allowing God's Word to make a huge difference in our life. Our threefold emphasis during these 40 days uh, have, been, have been this. We're learning to love the Word. David said, oh, I love your law. I love your Word. He, he, he just embraced God's Word. And I gave you this illustration last week about love letters. How many of you, when you were dating before, before the Internet, before instant everything, you had to write letters to people. Uh, y'all, have you ever mailed a letter in your life, Michael? You're kind of young for that. Not many, but when I was growing up, if you wanted to communicate beyond the telephone, uh, you wrote a letter. And man, when you got a letter from your loved ones, your mom or daddy, especially your girlfriend, boyfriend, it was, whoo, and you just loved to hear from them. As long as it wasn't a dear John letter. You do know those about those. And I'm talking about love letters. This is God's love letter. It's His story. It's the story of redemption that God brought about for all humanity. We're learning to love the Word. We're learning, if you will, to learn the Word. We've got to study. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. So we love the Word, and we learn the Word, and we learn to live the Word. That's where we're hanging out, learning how to live it out. How many of you know you can't just learn it and have head knowledge? There has to be, I said there has to be, some application in life. And the Word of God is not just here to make us smart right here. The Word of God is to transform our lives and make us more like Him. Could I get a better amen? Do me a big favor this morning. Look at your neighbor and smile and say, man, I'm glad you're here today. Everybody, Make sure everybody's smiling this morning. If you're not smiling, I'll come lay hands on you suddenly. Amen. Cast that spirit of fuddy-duddy out of you. Anybody here, is there anybody next to you that needs the spirit of fuddy-duddy cast out of them this morning? No, don't raise your hand. We've got to live it out. You've got to live out the Word of God. That's where we've been. And our verse last Sunday, this is kind of a two-parter when it comes to living the Word. Our verse concerning living out the Word of God is in John 8, 31 and 32. And it says this. If you abide in my word, 
How many of you know that's living in the Word of God? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and what the truth do? Somebody say it'll make you free. But you got to live in the word. Now, the big idea I gave you last week, and the same big idea today, here it is. In order to live the word, the word must first live in you. If we're going to live in the word, if we're going to apply it, if we're going to walk it out, how many of you know sometimes the Word of God, you, you, it tells us things that we need to live and, and do and guides us and direct us, and we, we want to do it here and here, but it just doesn't all work out, and we just don't seem to live it out. You, 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 we, we talk it. We don't walk it. Uh, how many of you would know we need to not only talk it but walk it? I said, how many of you know we need to not only talk it but walk it? Amen? There's a lot of talkers, but we need walkers, people who live it out. And the secret here is, in order for that Word of God to, to live, uh, and us to live it out, it's got to live on the inside of us. You see, the Word of God, the Bible says it's living and active. And it's got to abide in us. And our verses that I gave last Sunday, I just got to re- review this because you need to catch it this morning. In John 15, 7, he said, he took it a step further. He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You see, the word, he said, what's he saying there? The word of God has to live inside of you. Not just here, but in here. You get it? Say amen. And so in order to live the word, the word must live in us. It's got to live and abide in us. In fact, James said this. I said this last week, James 1.21. He said, receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. See, that word gets, has got to be planted in our hearts. In fact, the, the sower of the seed, the parable of the sower of the seed, Luke 8 says this about that. He gave them a parable about the seed going in different kinds of soil, rocky soil and, and, and weeds that in the soil. And then there's the fertile soil. And uh, Jesus was talking about the different types of the attitudes of our heart and how the Word of God affects us or doesn't affect us based upon the condition of our heart. And He reveals that the seed is the Word of God. Everyone say, the seed is the Word of God. You see, and if that seed abides within us, we've got to water the seed and let it grow in our lives. You see, the big idea, in order to live the Word, the Word must first live in us. Everyone say that. In order to live the Word... The Word must first live in us. And when you look to the Bible, now catch this, follow with me. I'm giving you some review, but how, how many of you, let's just be honest, how many of you weren't here last week? Okay, so we're, hey, so that's good for us all. Listen, uh, here, when you look to the Bible, you'll discover something about God and the Word of God. God undoubtedly placed His written Word as top priority in our life. Everyone say top priority. When you look from the front to the back to the left to the right, you call it the commandments of God, the the precepts of the Lord, the law of the Lord. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, from the front to the back, uh, uh, just the, the priority of God's Word was made known to us. And so He's made that uh, uh, very clear for us. And that's why we're spending 
for learning to spend 40 days in the Word and began to develop the disciplines of the Word of God in our life. And so last Sunday, whew, I'm getting to the next part, but last Sunday we just started talking about why it was top, should be top priority in our life. Here's where we went last week. Because number one, God's Word prevails. Somebody say God's Word prevails. I love what Acts 19, 20 says. He said, so the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. Everyone say, grew mightily and prevailed. Now, I could re-preach this today, but let, let me tell you something. If the word of God is not growing mightily in your life, you will not prevail. If you missed last Sunday, you might want to go back and listen. Get online and go to Church on the Rock North and listen or watch last Sunday and just get this in your heart. God's Word prevails. Remember when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness? What did He do when the devil tempted Him? He used the power of God's Word. Somebody say, it is written. My little friend Samuel Statzer, who's grown and has kids now, but when he was little, he was a little adopted boy. He was the sweetest little kid. He had a little bit of speech impediment when he was young, but uh, uh, he heard us rebuking the devil, and he said, I rebuke you, devil. And he would, re- he would buke that devil. He, and I said, what? I buke the devil. He said, we buke the devil. Let me tell you something. You can buke the devil. I'm telling you by the power of God's word. Everybody say God's word prevails. And then last Sunday, we realized that, that God's Word was top priority, not only because it prevails, but because His Word purifies our life. Now, this is huge. Everybody said, this is huge. How many of you got some areas in your life that need cleaning up a little bit? Come on, let's be honest. Well, you know, somebody said, you, you Christians are brainwashed. And I said, yeah, that's right. We just chose what started washing on our brains. We let the Word of God. Father, the Bible says, Jesus said this, John 15, you're already clean because of the Word that I've spoken to you. There's a lot of verses that reveal this truth. God, why is it so top priority? It, it causes us to, to prevail and it purifies our life. The Word of God. I'm convinced, listen, I'm convinced that the more we get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get in us, the easier it is to say no to sin and yes to God to be able to resist the temptations of this life because we have a firm foundation on the Word and the Word has a firm foundation within our hearts and lives. Amen? God's Word purifies. And then we shared that God's Word provides for us. He said this in John 15, the words written in red. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. God's Word produces provision in our life. Let me just ask you this. Let's be honest. How many of you got some lack in your life? Any lack in your life? Spiritual lack, physical lack, financial lack, things you lack? Listen carefully. I'm convinced that the more of God's Word gets on the inside of us and begins to grow, I'm convinced that our prayers will be will not be hindered near as much and God's provision can be released in our life more and more. Why? Because He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. How many of you like those promises? But there's a condition for every promise. And then finally, last week, I shared with you that God God's Word penetrates our heart in fact hebrews 4 says the word of god is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword and has the capacity to divide between joints and marrow soul and spirit and be able to discern the thoughts and intentions of our heart the word of, how many of you 
In fact, I had someone tell me the other day, he said, I think I need to go to a psychiatrist. I said, you might need to. That that could be a possibility. Uh, But let me just suggest this to you. The Word of God knows how to get into your brain and get into your heart and get into your life. And you let the Word of God begin to wash you and touch you and penetrate your heart, begin to transform your life and, and live on the inside of you. Amen. I'm telling you, it's time we let the Word of God grow on the inside of us. And everybody said, Amen. Now that was last week. Whoo, everybody go, Whoo, thank you, Jesus. And for the next few moments, I want to, sh- in fact, I'm, I'm pretty excited because I just looked down at this clock and it says it's 9 32. That's pretty, I better double check that. You think I should? Oh, it's 11 32. Something went terribly wrong. The preacher's been setting the clock back. Let me give you a few thoughts. Why is God's Word should be such a top priority in our life? Yes, it prevails. It purifies. It provides. It penetrates our life. But number five, it protects us. God's Word has a protective uh, capacity to it. And Matthew 7, Matthew, that's okay. You can leave that there. I, evidently, I didn't, I didn't set it up right. Matthew 7. Turn over there with me, if you will. We've got a little time. I'm just going to share some Bible with you this morning. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, talked about the priority of God's Word and the priority of obeying the Word of God. Verse 24, Therefore, everybody listen, whoever hears these sayings of mine, there's the Word of God, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Stop, look up at me. How many of you know the promises of God always have a condition? Okay? He's about to give you a promise. But the condition is that you hear the word and do what? You obey the word. Okay? Here's what he does. Here's what he says. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, that's key. Look at your neighbor and say, that's key. If you want God's protection in your life, you got to hear the word and obey the word. Everyone say, hear the word. Let me throw this in and obey the word and believe the word. You got to believe it. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You hear the word and obey the word. Faith to obey what he says. Look what it says. I liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock and the rains descended and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. In other words, if you get let the Word of God begin to live on the inside of you, and you begin to believe it and obey it and walk in it, it'll, <coughs> pardon me, it'll begin to grow in you, and there will be a hedge of protection in your life that the storms of this life cannot destroy. How many of you would appreciate that in your life? You've got to hear it, believe it, and obey it. But then on the contrary, he says this, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine, now listen carefully, because if you hear it today and don't obey it, (coughs) there's a consequence. (coughs) Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. You know, I've been pastoring for a number of years now. And I've personally experienced in my own life 
the consequences of not obeying God's word. But I've also seen the consequences in other people's life. In fact, I've shared with people, I've counseled with people, I've preached to people, I've taught people and said, this is the way, go ye in it. This is what the Bible says. And they hear it, but they don't obey it. And they go out and suffer the consequences of those choices. Because they didn't let God's word live and abide and begin to grow in their life. They chose to believe that they were, they had something better than what God's word had to offer. Listen to me today. The word of God is the final authority in all of our lives. It should be the final authority and govern and guide our lives. It'll put a, pre- a hedge of protection over you that the storms of this life cannot penetrate. And there will be storms. Tell your neighbor, there's going to be storms. How many of you can testify? There, 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 there will be storms. And anybody not ever had a storm in your life? I'm, I'm not talking about a tornado. I'm not talking about a hurricane. We've had those storms. I'm talking about internal storms, storms in your life, storms in your family, storms in your, in your mind and in your emotions that, that, that beat and assail upon our life. But the person who lets the word of God live and abide within them, and they obey the word. They're like a wise man. Wisdom from God produces a protection over our life. Everyone say God's word protects. And then we see this second thought, or really the sixth thought in this thought of the, of the priority of God's word and why God has made it top priority for the word of God to live and abide within us. Not only does God's word protect us, but God's word prepares us. There's a work for us to accomplish. There's a responsibility that he has for all of us. And preparation is 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 a high priority. And there's our memory verse for this whole series. Pardon me, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Catch this, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. It'll prepare your life. You say, well, I'm not going to be a preacher. I'm not going to be a teacher. Well, you don't have to be a preacher or a teacher, but you need the Word of God to prepare you for every good work. God has a good work for all of us, and His Word prepares us. His Word takes... In fact, you know why most people fail in life? Oh, there's a lot of reasons. You know why a lot of people fail in life, whether it's job or, or, or business or, or, uh, you know, just family relationships. You know why most people fail? They're just not prepared. Come on now. Y'all are looking at me like a calf does what? Stares at a new game. They're just not prepared. If you're prepared, you can, you can accomplish. Where's Naylin? Where's Naylin? Naylin's still here. Or Naylin didn't make it today. Where is, I thought I saw her. She's in the nursery. She's in children's church. She's just graduating from, get, help me, nursing. She's, yeah, yeah, and I don't know how all that works, but she's about to graduate. They had a graduation party that I missed because I was late. And so, but she's prepared. How many of you appreciate the fact that they require nurses and doctors to prepare a little before they go to work on us? Could I get a better amen? You know, I had a procedure a few weeks ago. I won't discuss it. And the reason I won't discuss you probably can figure it out. You know, and I got me a clean bill of health. Somebody say amen. You know, I was just so tickled that those people knew what they were doing. 
from every standpoint, from every side. And if they didn't, they knocked me out so hard, I don't know if they did it right or wrong. I'm telling you, everything turned out okay in the end. My wife, she's not here. She doesn't keep me straight. Uh, Whoo, help me, Jesus. Y'all don't tell her I said that. But it takes preparation. God's Word will prepare us for the task ahead. And listen, you don't want to jump out into this world. Listen carefully. You can't, you can't jump out and attack hell with a water pistol. Are you with me? You can't take home this world with inferior knowledge or a lack of knowledge. In fact, what does the Bible say? My people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. You got to know the word. You got to live. You got to let the word live in you and you've got to be prepared. Listen, I appreciate the fact that over the years on some level, now I feel unprepared in certain levels, but I feel very confident in certain areas and arenas when it comes to ministry that when circumstances arise in my life, there's a, there's a preparatory uh, place I've been in life where all of a sudden the Word of God just comes clear to me and the insight and the wisdom of God uh, comes upon me. Not because I'm wise, it's because the Word of God has prepared my life. Amen? Top priority. We've got to be prepared. There's a, there's a job for us to do. There's a task for us. And listen, let me just say as a church family, there, there's a work for us to do in these next weeks and months. There, we're going to put our shoulder to the plow in the next uh, days, weeks, and months. And we've got to have the Word of God as top priority in our life. Everyone say God's Word protects. Everyone say God's Word prepares. And number seven, and number three for today, God's Word prospers. How many of you can use some of that? How many of you can appreciate the prosperity of God in your life? Now, there, there's a condition to this, and I want you to look in James chapter 1. Take a right. Take a right. Come on, everybody go with me. Take a right. James chapter 1. If you get to First John, you went too far. If you get to Peter, you went too far, and I did. Get back. Oh, where did he go? Where did James go? He's right there close. James chapter 1, verse 25. Now note the condition to this promise. Oh, let me back up and give you a better context. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks, and I catch this, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, there's the word of God, and continues in it, abides in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. In other words, he's living it out. You know how he's living it out? Because he's letting it live in him. He's a doer of the work. He's obeyer of the word of God. Look, the promise. This one will be blessed in whatever he does. Did you get that? If you let the word of God live in you and you begin to obey the word and begin to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only of the word, uh, it says you will be blessed in whatever you do. God's blessing will go with you. 
That's why the Word of God is considered top priority in our life. We need His favor in our life. And some people think the favor of God is just random. In fact, I've heard preachers, because they couldn't explain it, say, well, the, you know, it's just favor. In fact, T.D. Jakes, and he had a, he had a very true thought. He said, favor is just not fair. You just look at people who are favored and you can't figure it out. But I can tell you this. If you do want God's favor on your life, you've got to begin to get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get on the inside of you and begin to grow in it, obey it, believe it, live it out, let it live in you, and whatever you do, you'll prosper. Somebody say amen. What a promise from God. What a blessing from God. God's Word protects us. God's Word prepares us. God's Word prospers us. Number eight or number four for today, God's Word promises us. There's great promise in God's Word. How many of you know God never breaks a promise? Let me show you this in 2 Peter. If you're in James, take a right. You're real close. 1 Peter, 2 Peter. Look what he says concerning the promises of God. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says this. I love it. He said, by which he has given to us. Everybody say he's talking to us. He says, God has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Everyone say exceedingly great. Everyone say precious. Exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, or by way of the promises of God, through these you may become partakers of His divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Did you hear that? He has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. He's talking about the promises of His Word. In fact, I Google it. There's thousands of promises in God's Word that come along with thousands of conditions to the promises. He's given us the promises of God that through these promises, we might escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. How many of you know there's some corruption in the world? Woo, we look at, oh, there's corrupt politics, there's corrupt this, there's corrupt everything. Listen, we need His promises in our life, His exceedingly great and precious promises. And finally, this morning, why God's Word should take top priority in our life, because God's Word prophesies. The prophetic Word of God, an OMG, if you just studied the prophecies of Jesus, it's it's just unbelievable how the prophecies of God have come through and come true in so many different ways. Look in that same chapter, chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Let me read a a set of verses for you. Look in verse 16. Look how Peter uh, 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 shared concerning God's Word. He said, "For for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He's talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. He was there. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Now stop right there. Here's Peter. He was on the mountain with with God. You remember Peter on the mountain, on the Mount of Transfiguration? God shows up, and who else shows up? Wasn't it Moses? Moses. I think it was Moses. And they're having a convo. I'm telling you, 
That's pretty miraculous. Was Abraham there? Elijah? Because I didn't read it. I forgot about it, so I'm just bringing it. It's coming up. So here they are having this holy convo, and Peter interrupts them. Not a good idea. And he says, I got a good idea. Why don't we just build three churches up here and all of us hang out together till Jesus go up? Oh, Jesus already come. Uh, he just, he just, he just was not, ca- and God interrupts him and says, basically, hush up, Peter. This is my beloved son. Hear him. In other words, don't be talking now. You just start hearing him. Peter's recounting that day and he heard the voice of God. How many of you know that's a big deal? Look at your neighbors. That's a big deal. But look what he says. We heard this voice, which came from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do will to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart, knowing this first. Now he start, he, now here's what he's saying. He's saying, I had this experience of God speaking to me. He said, that was pretty heavy, but let me tell you something more important. It's the prophetic word of Almighty God. He's talking about this Bible that God was putting together, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. You know what he just did? He lifted the priority of the prophetic word of God right to the top. Whatever experience you've had, God's word supersedes it. His written word supersedes it. I believe in prophecy. I believe in the prophet. I believe in a prophetic anointing where people speak. In fact, this morning I had a prophetic word for people. It was a gift of the spirit that rose up. That's all good. That's all right. You know what Peter said? All those experiences, they're good. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you what trumps them all. It's the prophetic written word of God where God moved upon men of old and they they wrote down what the Holy Spirit said. He just lifted it up and said, it's top priority. God's Word prophesies to our life, speaks truth into our life, and basically tells us things to come. In fact, Romans 16, let me look to the last verse of Romans 16. Let me just show you. Paul said it this way to the Roman church and to us as well. He said, now to him who is able to uh, able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret uh, since the world began, but now has been made manifest by the prophetic scriptures. The word of God he's talking about. By the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to faith to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever. He said there was a secret that has been unlocked by the prophetic scriptures of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, a lot of people are searching for a prophetic word. Oh, I need a word. I need a word. In fact, I saw something on Facebook. Don't believe everything you read on Facebook, but it said something like this. Don't be begging God to speak to you if you haven't been reading his word. Don't be saying, speak to me, Lord. Give me a word if you hadn't been reading his word. Because everything thus saith the Lord, listen, 
It all has to be backed up by the written word. God's word should be top priority in our life today. Let his word live on the inside of us. So with that in mind, let me ask you the big question all over again. Is the word of God alive and well inside you? Is God's word growing inside of you? Ask yourself that question. This is where we've got to be honest. This is where, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where those who hear it and obey it are those who hear it and don't obey it. This is the, this is the, 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 the big moment that all of us must come to in life. Am I going to let God's word live on the inside of me and take up residence in my heart and begin to grow and transform my life? Am I going to let God's word be top priority? Isn't that right, Martin? It's got to be top priority. Am I going to let God's word grow in my life, or am I just going to hear it and then kind of uh, uh, do it the way I want to? Is God's word alive and well inside you today? Because understand this, we can't live it out without it first living within. You can't live it out. You see, we're learning to love the Word and learn the Word and live the Word. You can't live it out. I can't live it out without it living within. And so is the Word of God living and abiding within you and growing in your life? That's the question that today should haunt us in a good way, to get us up in the morning and spend time with God. On Wednesday nights, we've been learning how to have a real devotional life with the, with the Word of God in our growth groups and life groups. You've got to take the opportunity every day to let the Word of God transform your life. If you're wise and build your life on what thus saith the Lord, It'll protect your life. It'll prosper your life. It'll bring promises. It'll prepare your life and speak to you prophetically about your life. Wow. God's Word is so important. Let's bow our heads before the Lord today. Father, today we just yield our lives to the priority of God in our life. Let your word take top priority in our life, to direct our life, to transform our lives, to live within us so we can live it out. Lord, we invite your word. I want everyone in this room just to make this declaration out loud to God. Say, thank you, Lord, for the living word of God. I open my heart today to what you have to say to me in your word. Let it live within me and grow within me so I can live it out on a daily basis. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Whew. Read that last line with me. We can't, here we go all together. We can't live it out without it living within. That's so true. Let's stand together today. Before we go, I want to do one thing. I want to pray for you one more time. I want to pray for those who are searching for God's will and way in their life. I think it's hugely important 
for us to connect not only with God but with His family. If you're searching for a church home today, you believe God is drawing you this direction, you believe you've heard the voice within the voice, you see, I'm not God, but I can speak for Him. You've heard God, and you sense what I call, this is just my little way, the divine okie-dokie. Something in your heart says, man, I am home. And you believe God is adding it to this church family. At the close of this service, I see Michael and Lyric right here. They would love to welcome you into the family of faith and help you fill out some information, get you connected, and we get to know you, and then we can begin to grow together. You see, here at church, we believe we're better together. Church on the Rock North, we're called to what? To gather together. We're better together. We're called to grow together. We're called to go together. We're called to give together. We have a calling together. We're better together. And if God is drawing you to this church family at the close of this service, come see Michael and Lyric and just do this. Just say, I believe I got the divine okie-dokie that this is my church home. And they'll pray with you. They'll fill out some information, get to know you, and we'll get to know you, and we'll welcome you into the family of faith. Father, I thank you today for this day. I pray for those who may be searching for your will and plan for their life. I pray, God, that if you're drawing people from wherever they are to plug into the vision of this church today, I pray today they would know in their knower that you're leading them this direction, that they would obey you. They would, as we have said today, they would hear the word and obey the word. And, Lord, as they do, the prosperity and blessing of God will be released in their life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Be here Wednesday night. We're going to continue. I'll be in Mexico. You pray for me. You be here Wednesday night as we continue to get a grip on God's Word. And do me this favor. Before you run out, greet five more people and just introduce yourself. Welcome somebody to church. God bless you. We'll see you uh, next Sunday on Mother's Day. Amen.